They'll win one, they'll lose one, they'll play really well one game, they'll not play really well the next. And it's going to feel like it's just slowly unraveling. Except that there's one problem with that concept. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this Rangers 6, Pirates 1 last night at PNC Park. Just another one of those. Rich Hill pitched well enough, didn't get a lot of luck, had a balk called against him that he really hated. Jihuan Bay made a couple more base running blunders. You could look at these things in isolation and say, hey, everything's great one night, and hey, it's the end of the world the next. There's there's a thing here, though. There's a factor that's underwriting all of this, and I really hope that it's taken seriously, not so much by me and you, but by the people at 115 Federal, and that is this. You're... Favorite ball club is currently 25 and 23, which is, even though it's surprising that they're over 500 because they're the Pirates and all that other stuff, nothing particularly special when it comes to contention. However, the only team in front of them in the Central Division are the Brewers, who are 26 and 22. And yes, that's exactly a one-game lead. Everyone else in the division is further behind. If you look at the rest of Major League Baseball's divisions following the completion of all action last night, the only division that has a lesser first place team is the AL Central with the Twins being just a game over 500. Isn't it funny how anytime we look at predictions or start making them ourselves back in the spring. We focus only on the team at hand, the team that we're making the prediction for. And if that's the Pirates, you're looking at the roster, you're looking at the lineup, you're looking at, and, and all of that makes sense. But one of the bigger variables never gets mentioned, and that is how is the rest of your division? Even though baseball's got a more balanced schedule now, it includes facing all of the American League teams at least once. You still have a heavy emphasis on teams inside the Central. Now, the Pirates haven't played a ton of games inside the Central at the moment, so it might not seem like that. In fact, the Pirates are currently 7-4 and four inside the Central, which means, obviously, that only 11 of the 48 games they've played so far have been against a division opponent. Whereas... They've played a ton of American League teams. And along the way, they have faced six of the top eight current teams in that league, which is what you'd expect because they lined up against, you know, the AL East. And other than sweeping in Fenway Park near the beginning of the season, that's mostly not gone well for them. So why am I sharing all of this on this particular date? Well, it's because no matter how uh, things will look for the Pirates, there's still that. There is still the division, meaning that A, the division isn't any good, 
and B, there's a lot of games left inside the division. The Pirates have a winning record, as I mentioned, inside the division. They have a winning record against each of the other two National League divisions, and all of their negativity has come when facing the American League. In large part because, to say it again, they have faced six of the eight top teams on the other side, including these Rangers, who are third overall in the American League. This does not happen every year, and this really ought to be weighed by everyone running the team in making decisions the rest of this summer. Look, the Pirates won 98 games in 2015. And still, and still the Cardinals finished ahead of them, as they have every single year since 1998 in one of the most amazing stats in the sport. And as a result, the Pirates were forced to go into the one and done. And we all know how that went. Now, you obviously can't align your rebuilds to magically work alongside the years in which the division is down. But when you see with your own eyes that the division is down, that the Cardinals are down, and they are never down, they might not stay down, but at least they're down right now, that's yet another push to take the season that's right in front of you, and the game that's being played every day right in front of you, a lot more seriously than it would appear the Pirates are inclined to do. I went over a scenario earlier this week in which a couple of months from now, you could have O'Neill Cruz back, you could have G-Man Choi, you could have uh, some additional pitching, but you could also have two or even three out of Henry Davis, Andy Rodriguez, and Quinn Priester get promoted, in which case... You could really do something. You could take off and separate yourself from this pack. It doesn't appear as if it'll be all that great a challenge, even if the Pirates aren't all that great of a team. We come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of... Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800 degree stone and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door, your car, your bike, your computer your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit projectchildsafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. This segment of Daily Shots brought to you by Family Table. Mom-inspired, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door. No prep, no mess, just reheat. That gives you more time for your family or hobbies. Go to FamilyTablePGH.com. Use the code DK40. That's DK40 
for 40% off and free delivery on your first order. Order by noon Thursday for Monday delivery. Family Table, bringing families back to the dinner table. David, who asks, if an opportunity presents itself, i.e., the Pirates were to find a willing partner, would you trade Kibrian Hayes? Yes, he's a fantastic glove at third base, but three-plus years into his career and his offensive output is really below average. Wouldn't it be worth it to sacrifice some defense for more offense at a traditional power position? David, I am in no, no spot to argue with you about Key's offense to date. He is slashing 232, 290, 350 with one home run and 16 RBIs. That's not going to get it done at any position, never mind at third. And while some people will kind of bristle a little bit at the idea that the third baseman has to be this or first baseman has to be that, I can tell you, that even the newest school of executives, even those who are immersed in analytics, believe this. This hasn't. This is one of the few things about baseball that hasn't changed via analytics. Anyone will tell you that they need power from the corner positions. Well, in Key's case, they're not getting power, obviously. And they're not getting production either. But what would you do about him? Okay, the defense does matter. I know it doesn't feel like it in the moment, and especially because it's his position. I would strongly suspect that if Key was a shortstop, everyone would be a whole lot more comfortable with his low average because, again, that's just the way we've set ourselves in baseball for a long, long time. But here's here's my problem. If you look at Key's line drive rate, If you look at his exit velocity, he's hitting the ball hard. The number one thing that any hitter wants to do when they get into that batter's box is to hit the ball hard. That's been true since the Civil War. doesn't mean you're always swinging out of your shoes. It doesn't mean there aren't situations in which you might want to just take the ball the other way or put it over an infielder's head. But for the most part, and I'm talking about the overwhelming most part, hitters go into the box thinking they're going to hit the ball hard. Key does that. He has more screamer outs right at people, particularly outfielders, because he hits it too hard to have it land over an infielder's head. And yet, because of the angle at which he swings, the launch angle, of course, the ball doesn't go up far enough to make it out of the stadium. Now, what do you do with that? This should be the prized, I don't know, project, thesis maybe, for a good hitting coach. Because Key's got the hard part down. He hits the ball hard. That's the objective. What do you do to turn that into production, or do you just wait for luck to go his way? I've seen way too much 
of him screaming the ball exactly as I described over the infielder, but right into the outfielder's glove that I feel like he's either got to change the launch angle to swing for home runs, in which case he's a completely different hitter, or become a completely different type of hitter. That's a heck of a thing. That's that's why you pay a good hitting coach. Do the Pirates have one of those? Do they? I'm asking, just asking. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. 